You're listening to Work It Mommy, where the goal is for all ladies to be the best versions of ourselves. And if we happen to be moms, be the best mom ever and maintain our sanity while we do it. Ladies, today, I am going to have so much fun with this episode because I am interviewing an amazing mom. And I'm so excited for this episode. And this is an episode for all ladies because the information we're going to talk about today is information that we all need to know. Maybe it's our personal situation or maybe we know someone in this situation. And the reason is because we need to be tolerant and understanding as each other with each other as women so that we can help each other and really be supportive. So today we're actually going to be talking with Laura Torres. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yes. And the reason that I have you here today is because, of course, we know that many moms are actually single moms and you happen to be a single mom that I know pretty well and you're amazing. And so my whole thing with bringing you on today is just for you to share some tips with all moms, because these are good tips for all moms, whether you're a single mom or not, but especially for the single moms so that, you know, because I know, you know, with being raised in a single parent family is not easy. You know, I can I can relate to it from that uh, point of view. So my first question for you is money management for some in a single parent family. I know my situation, you know, the money management was always a thing. So what tips do you have for single moms for money management? Well, I think it's important, of course, to calculate our budget, right? mm-hmm. you know, how much money's coming into the household, writing down all the expenses. I actually have a list of all my bills. And as I'm paying them, I check them. Mm-hmm. Um, I pay my bills first thing, first thing in the month, because even despite of when they're paid, I, when, as the money comes in, the bills are getting paid, um, calculate, um, how much to put on savings. You have to have savings, especially mm-hmm. through COVID things can come up emergencies. I mean, even more so through COVID because so many things unexpected can happen. And of yes. course we have a, an emergency fund, um, but yeah, and then of course you got, you got to have money to spend time with your family. So put that in there, you know, whether it's a meal, whether it's a drive, spending time. So you really have to be balanced with your budget. That, okay. So let me tell you the thing that I like that you said in there where you said, pay your bills at the beginning of the month, no matter when they are due. I think that is huge for everyone because it is so like less stressful even if it's due on the 6th, just pay it as soon as you get the check. If you can put certain things on auto pay, like I live by auto pay. Like if places don't have auto pay, I won't do business with them for that reason. Because I'm like, I, I don't need the extra stress. So that is a huge one. Now, um, with the pandemic, you mentioned the pandemic. Um, and because I know you, I see that you're you're so involved with your kids and you really have so many activities that you do. You even do volunteer work as well, in addition to being a single mom. So how have you been able to manage your schedule, especially because you have teenagers? And so they kind of got their own schedules going on, too. So what is your tips there? Well, you know, um, the pandemic has been very difficult for all of us as, as parents, but even more so for our children. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very difficult to keep them entertained because you're trying to keep them safe. Overall, it's, it's safety is important. My circumstances um, allow me to stay home. 
I care for my my elderly mother. I my I have two two young daughters, one's um, 13, one's 14, mm-hmm. and my baby has special needs. So I get funds for for that. And then of course I, I have my own funds coming in. I do suffer from some emotional issues as well, which at times make it difficult, right? Even balancing time because I'm trying to cope with my situation. So when it comes to my children, um, before COVID, I would I would spend more time with them doing activities. Now during COVID, I have to be more creative. You have to make time for them. When they have appointments, you've got to make time. Priority is of course always your family. Um, everything else goes around it. I am involved in a, a full, you know, I am involved fully in volunteer work and mm-hmm. teaching people the Bible, getting them to get to know God. Um, I, I, I love it. And of course my family, that's, that's our life. Our life is this type of volunteer work. So it's having to adapt, um, to the different schedule, but even through zoom, they don't like zoom. Um, so it's, it's hard to, to get them to do it anything besides kind of, I mean, I don't know if most parents can relate, but our children have been spending more time in the room Mm -hmm. kind of away from us. So you want to try to get them to communicate with you more. And it just takes a lot more work, a lot more effort, but as parents, we have to be creative and and reach out to our children, especially through these times. Wow. That is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now I have a question about your kid's schedule because, you know, they are, you know, different grades and everything. Has there been any challenges with trying to kind of get the family together, maybe for dinner or certain activities at the same time due to the schedules or anything? So their school schedule, they're homeschooled. They were homeschooled mm-hmm. before COVID. So oh, nice. yeah, we had some situations happen at school and it was better for my kids to be homeschooled. So yeah. even with homeschooling, I always tell the teachers set the time around the same time. So when one child goes in, the other child goes in. So I try to make it as easy as possible when possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when it comes to any appointment, whether it's dental, medical, both of the kids go in together. Um, I try to get them um, because it's two drives. I mean, I have a 13, even, even with the especially with, with COVID, we have, you know, now they, my, my youngest has her own doctors. Mm -hmm. So we have to make time even through zoom or even get her to do anything. So it's, it's, it's a struggle Mm -hmm. getting to do anything. Um, because I do suffer with some emotional issues. My family doesn't do things as normal. I want to say normal because we don't just sit down to eat. We're like in a table, Mm -hmm. we sit near each other. Mm, okay uh, because we we just I mean I don't know if I want to say we want our own space but it's something that we just it's not sitting down at the table we're all sitting there communicating it's we we do things and you know if my mom's not feeling well she might eat in her room um a lot of the times you know so it's not traditional mm-hmm. because I it's just never it, it used to be that way but it just kind of changed and it hasn't drifted back so it's it's kind of like we just eat together, but not maybe at the kitchen table. We're just near, near each other. I think that that is great, you know, because, you know, not every family dynamic is the same. I think we have this idea in our head from society that, you know, we got to have mommy and daddy at the table and everybody's sitting perfectly and the fork on the right side. And it's got to be at a certain time. But, you know, we are living in modern times and that might not that picture might not work for every family. And I think that's okay because 
the thing that I get from you 100% is you spend a ton of time with your kids and you are there for them. You prioritize them as number one in your life. So however that looks for each mom, each family, I think that's okay. And I think we have to all um, accept each other, you know, that way and, and be understanding and helpful, you know, where we can. Thank you for sharing that. I love that. It's different, you know? <laughs> Okay, so we kind of touched on some things there about scheduling and budgeting. Now, since you are a single mom, I do want to talk a little bit about co-parenting. I feel like co-parenting, I was reading like an article online and there's, of course, some blogs and Instagrams and stuff that I follow that a lot of single moms and all types of moms follow. And from my personal experience growing up in a single parent family, and having friends and other people who are single parents, the co-parenting thing is challenging. You know what I mean? It's it's not easy. Um, it's a shame. You know, most of the time, you know, men can be just very difficult. They don't want to hold up their end of the bargain. They don't want to be an involved father. They, It's just very hard. And so, you know, us women are having to a lot of the times pick up the slack and deal with these challenges. But I want to kind of ask you, you know, what, you know, was co-parenting like for you and, and, and what is your situation now? You know, how, you know, what tidbits do you have for us there? Um, I actually don't have to deal with co-parenting. I haven't dealt with co-parenting since my kids were three and five. Okay. Um, but when I did. It was very difficult, very, very difficult. He was very unreasonable. It was about what he wanted. And I mean, um, it was very, very difficult. But there were situations that had happened when they were very young. Um, and I had to get go to court to protect my children, a couple of serious accusations. And so I don't have to deal with co-parenting. He actually gave up his visitation rights in court. Mm. Um, which made it easier because he really wasn't a good guy. I mean, I did love him, you know, of course, you know, I love him. He's the father of my kids, but, um, he started making really bad choices and I was more scared of my kids safety. And so there was, like I said, some accusations that were done. And so I had to fight in court, fought in court for a year. It was, it was very hard. Um, if any parent has ever had to fight for their, for the safety of their kids, it's, it's the worst feeling in the world. Um, you, terrifying. You, you lose yourself. You, somewhere on the line, you lose yourself. And I had lost myself in between. And, I, you know, of course, I had um, loving counselors that were there to help me, guide me, you know, in a sense, um, share encouraging thoughts, even from the Bible, because the Bible is mm-hmm. very important to me. Um, and, and it helped me through. But I, I truly it was it was the worst feeling in the world. So um, at the time that this happened that he gave up his visitation rights and I no longer co-parent, my kids were three and five. Mm-hmm. Um, it, my youngest um, didn't really get to spend a lot of time with her dad. So there wasn't that deep connection or there really wasn't that connection that you would want a child to have for the dad. Now the oldest one did. Um, the oldest one struggled with the change. Now every other weekend you see dad. Now we don't see dad. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, because of the ages, mm-hmm. I was very mm-hmm. careful in what I shared because I don't want to ever make the other parent seem like a horrible person, mm-hmm. but my, this, I had to give them enough information, like, um, just to make them feel, make, make them know that they're, they're loved, but it's, and it's not their fault. Right. And that, um, it's, it's for their safety. And this was something that he made. And at the time that he told the judge, it was like, well, I'm, I'm working a lot. I can't see my kids. 
And I was fine with that because there were serious charges involved. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would tell my kids. I'm like, you know, he's working so much. He can't see you. Um, and then little by little, they, they stopped asking um, little by little, it kind of became, you know, and he didn't reach out to them, even if, even though he mm-hmm. could have called, he never called. So it kind of helped with the emotional aspect. And, you know, now my kids are, you know, again, 13 and 14, and they can't even remember their dad. Um, they don't mm-hmm. have a relationship with him. He didn't, he, even though he didn't have, he gave up his visitations that he could have still called. He didn't call. So there was, there's no connection with them. So it, it made it, um, difficult in the beginning of this process, but, um, my children, because of the type of man he was, and the fact that he was a very, um, he didn't care for the children as he should have. It was better. This it's better this way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so now, um, you know, I don't have to consult anything. I just do, do the best that I can as a, as a single mom to care for my children, um, when it comes to all aspects without having to really co-parent it's, it's a decision that I have to make for the children. And I think you made the right choice. You know, um, co-parenting isn't always going to work, you know, with certain circumstances. Like you said, if it's for the safety of the children, it really is the best thing. And it's unfortunate that this is a position that a lot of women find themselves in because the men, a lot of them just don't have the, the, the guidance and the direction that they need to be the type of fathers they need to be. And it's an epidemic, you know, it's like, come on, man, get it together. Why are you doing this? you know? And so it's just ridiculous. And I'm so sorry that you had to go through that, but I can tell. And from what I've seen, I feel like single moms, they get to this point where they just have this amazing, like just, Oh, strength, you know, that is just undeniable because now you are taking on two roles, you know, in essence, and you do it so well, you know, and it's not easy. So I definitely want to commend any single mothers out there, you know, keep doing what you're doing, keep putting your children first, because they will appreciate it. Because once they grow up, you know, and this is me giving you the the future, you know, what you're going to hear from your kids, I saw what my mom did, they don't get it then. But when they grow up, they go, wow, look at what my mother did for me by herself. And I can guarantee you, every single mother is going to hear that at some point in their life, it might be, you know, when they get much older, but you're going to hear that and you're going to have that validation, like, yes, you know, I did something good for my children and everything. So now, one thing I wanted to ask you, and, you know, just from me recalling being in your kid's position was I can remember the custody and, you know, when that was all being decided and um, I ha- we had to travel to a different state because at that point we didn't live in the same state as my father. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to the courtroom and there was nobody there in that seat, you know, and it, as a child, it was like, dad, he don't actually care, you know, like, And so I can remember that feeling very distinctly in my head. Like, you know, I was expecting to see two people state why, you know, they wanted to be involved, but it was just my mom, you know, and everybody that was on her side. And I was so thankful for all those who were there. How did your children 
And maybe they have not, maybe they're not old enough yet to get to that realization or what have you. But how did you coach them through that realization that, you know, your father does not actually, you know, have the level of care or concern for you that he should? Well, in my situation, my kids were three and five. So um, our goal was not to go and take them to court. Mm-hmm. So they actually, when, when the charges came through, um, they were assigned their own lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, my, we both, me and the father both paid for their lawyer. Um, so the, the, my kids did every, you know, talk to invest everything that it involved around it, but they never stepped into court. Um, they were very young, even to today, my, my youngest can't remember a lot of stuff. She still can remember a few things. Mm-hmm. My oldest doesn't remember a lot of stuff. It was very young, very young, but we never made it to court because that was the goal of ours is try to get things resolved um, before it got to that point. And when I showed up with witnesses and I showed up in front of the judge and at one point I had no lawyer, I was my lawyer. So I did a lot of research Wow. and I'm talking to people that have been through this and I'm like, what do I need? And they're like, if you talk to a police officer, get his card, get, get, get the reports, put it all in the book. When I tell you my, I have a suitcase this big, mm. just the documents and document, but I'm talking about legal stuff, like yep. letters from people. I saw this, I saw that. I, I, my, your child told me this, your child told me that I kept it not only for court, mm-hmm. but I kept it for my children because mm-hmm. I knew that it happened mm-hmm. so young in their age that they wouldn't remember when they became adults. And then the father can turn around and say, your mom took you away from me. Boy, that's and what so they do. I'm thinking ahead because I'm like, I want my babies to make a decision for themselves, having all the facts. So mm-hmm. I have this suitcase. This suitcase is for them. It has everything, even things, pictures of my children, you know, when they were being neglected, mm-hmm. um, taken to doctors and everything like that. So, um, they can have that so that the father can't turn around and say, your mom did this. Mm. And I have no way of proving because they were so young. They can't remember. Here's all the facts, sweetie, you go through it. It's I saved it for you. Wow. Now that my girls, that is incredible, you know, and Thank you so much for sharing that. And that is so smart, ladies, if you're listening and maybe you are going through this particular scenario right now, make sure you do that because this is a common thing that the men try to do, you know, oh, turn you turn against the mother, you know, she just took it wasn't even and they just omit everything. But when you can come with them and with proof and say, because this happens a lot. I mean, I know several of my friends who after the fact, just turn on the mom, you know, and then they found out years later that the mom was right. And then they felt bad. You know what I'm saying? So this thing does happen. So protecting yourself, having your facts and saving those things for your children. And of course, that's going to be something hard for your children to see, but they're going to have to see it at some point because they're going to have questions and they're going to want to know the truth. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's always it's knowledge is power. But as parents, we have to think ahead. Well, I mean, I took in mind, my kids are very young. My Mm -hmm. kids won't remember. And, and their dad was, is, is capable of my manipulation, which most men that we deal with is, Mm -hmm. you know, have that. And I mean, not saying women don't, but right. 
um, as mothers, single mothers, we have to think ahead. We have to make, you know, and, and again, it wasn't easy because even um, some, I, sp- I've, I spoke to people that have gone through this and they're like, get a suitcase, write this, write that, mm. look up for these situations. Lawyers are not, ex- are not cheap. There's a lot of information that is available to you. It's, it truly is a battle. That's why most people lose themselves. But at the end of the day, it's about the kid's safety. So the fight is never goes to waste. That's right. It's the fight that's worth fighting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, um, now we're going to pivot and 